Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Kid Icarus Month continues? It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. I I know, listeners, we promised you that Kid, Kid Icarus Month was April, but we were just on such a roll. We loved. We ended up liking Kid Icarus so much that we just couldn't so much. stop talking about it. It was like a uh, rock rolling down a he- hill, and it just couldn't be stopped. Uh, it just uh, just careening, couldn't be stopped, could be diverted on two separate occasions because <laughs> <laughs> because the first week in April we uh, we did not talk about Kid Icarus. Yes, that's right. And mm-hmm. the third week in April we also yeah. did not talk about Kid Icarus. Yeah. So you know, Lister, you might be thinking to yourself, was this just supposed to be the last week of Kid Icarus month? But then uh, you know, other stuff got moved around. And to which I say, I uh, n- no. Look, look, we're so fe- flexible, we're so fast on our feet that things change at a moment's notice, and uh, it happened so seamlessly that a listener would never know unless they listen to us explain our mistakes on the podcast. Speaking of ex- uh, mistakes that you can't possibly explain to anyone, my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch, would you like to borrow it? You can certainly try. All you got to do is email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And give us a mailing address where we can send this thing to you. It's my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, conversely, it may be my copy of Untitled Goose Game for the Nintendo Switch in the Sonic Forces box. But what are you going to do? It's just something that happens to the best of us. No one can control a goose, uh, whether it's in a game that is titled or otherwise. Another thing we're asking people to do is leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Listener, I'm going to level with you. We love doing this podcast, but we thrive off of feedback. We do the show for free. Right. We love hanging out with each other, but we love when uh, listeners write in to email, tweet at us, um, send us letters in the mail, although I don't actually think there's a way for you to do that, or leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It makes us feel good. It helps people find the show. And yeah. I know I'm really stressing the, like, it makes us feel good part. That's not really the most important part but it doesn't hurt i mean look we are in the the season of good feelings right that's what i'm dubbing it that's the, traditionally may is the se- season of good feelings right so let's do it let's give let's give the show uh, uh reviews on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts um we like it when that happens helps us out tremendously um speaking of uh and uh, i mentioned the email address before nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com. You can always write into us there, um, just like uh, we, we, got, we, got, we got two emails on the subject of Kid Icarus uh, that I'd like to talk about now. Uh, th- this episode, we are going to be talking about um, Kid Icarus games that never were. Uh, there is this obvious like 23-year gap between um, Kid Icarus of Myth and Monsters and um, Kid Icarus uh, Uprising. Um, 23 years is, is too long, I think. I think I, I, I messed it up. In any event, uh, there are so many generations that we missed, and so we're going to be talking about 
um, Kid Icarus games that would have been on these platforms. But uh, on the subject of Kid Icarus more generally, um, we got an email from Jake. Uh, Jake says, Dear Nintendo Cartridge Society, thank you so much for making my work, work shifts so much better. I've been listening to you guys for a year now, and I'm glad I found you. You guys absolutely rock. Thank you, Jake. Thanks. Um, two, two things I wanted to, uh, I wanted to tell you. Uh, one, playing Kid Icarus Uprising left-handed sucked. Uh, you move with A, B, X, and Y, and it was too janky to run. Um, so that, that is something that we talked about is how you would have to control the thing uh, left-handed. Uh, sounds like even the solution that they pre- uh, presented you with there in, in the game, um, not really useful. Yeah, not a huge surprise, but uh, nice to have a confirmation from a Southpaw. Um, point number two uh, from Jake is, now that Mario Party has online, it would be a dream to play it with my two favorite podcasters. Cheers, Jake. Um, Mark, this is a great idea. Um, I think we should be doing uh, Super Mario Party nights. Uh, we can like get together and just like invite people to play with us. Look, we'll, we'll put something on on the on the schedule for sure. Yeah, that would be really fun, especially now that I'm almost fully vaccinated. Uh, we yeah. can actually make this happen. Because the way the online works is a little bit strange in that you can only have two switches total connected. Mm. So uh, we would have to be together in order to make this happen. But that is now possible to do responsibly. So Oh, my God. We're so, we're so close to that. Mark, you're going to come over to my house. It's going to be great. Um, and then uh, we got another email on the subject of Kid Icarus from Chariot Goblin. Chariot Goblin writes, Hey, Nintendo Cartridge Society, this email may be a little late, but I wanted to give a shout out to a one particular song in Kid Icarus Uprising. It is a song that plays in the Chapter 15 level, Aurum Island. Uh, it, it has an almost 1970s cop detective movie sound to it. Um, I highly recommend a listen. Uh, congrats on covering the whole Kid Icarus series in one month. Uh, thanks and keep up the, gr- uh, the good work. I was going to say great work, but he actually wrote good. <laughs> or she, who knows? Um, but, uh, yeah, the, we, we talked about it maybe only a little bit on, uh, the episode itself about Kid Icarus Uprising, but the whole soundtrack, like from soup to nuts just slaps, like, um, it goes, it goes to some really interesting, like genre places, um, and, you know, not just in being like hugely symphonic and referential to the original melodic material, like it does a bunch of cool stuff beyond that. And the second you hear it, it gets added to your like list of songs that you can play at any time. Yeah, it's another aspect of the game that feels very Super Smash Brothers to yep. me, where, like, the arrangements are always interesting, even though, like, I don't, you know, like, love every single arrangement. In general, you're like, yeah, that soundtrack is amazing, because it goes so many different places. Yeah, absolutely. And, the ah, man, there was, uh, th- there were a couple times where I was going back into um, levels to, like, replay them, uh, you know, try to get like a, a better time or, you know, fulfill some kind of like little requirement. And I turned the uh, voice acting volume all the way down because I was like, I've heard them have this banter mm, already. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't need to hear it again. Um, and just getting like the music like front and center um, is so nice because you're like, oh, yeah, there's the, the beautiful arrangements, uh, really awesome music happening here. It's the kind of thing that I always wish you could do in uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Yes. Um, Oh my god, if you could just turn down the sound effects. Like, I don't need to hear everyone, like, screaming and, like, turtle shells blowing up and stuff. I, I don't need it. Let me hear the ripping songs. Especially, yeah, the music in that game is so good, too. You know, we talk a lot about how Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is kind of, like, the perfect Mario Kart yeah. game. But if you want, Nintendo, if you want to make one edition 
for Mario Kart yes. 9, allowing us to like uh, turn down the sound effects and so we can focus on the music. That would be a huge addition. Oh my God, it'd be so good. Uh, okay, uh, thank you so much, everyone, for writing into us. Uh, w- w- look, we've been talking about Kid Icarus so long. I'm going to entertain more emails about Kid Icarus as long as you send them to us, probably for another like two or three weeks. But for as long as you send them to us, uh, we will keep reading your emails about Kid Icarus. Mark, let's get into our topic at hand. Let's imagine some Kid Icarus games. <laughs> Now, the assignment here is strange, right? Uh, and I'm not even totally sure. Uh, like, it's, it's an idea that I think we both sort of held in our heads and, like, communicated at each other. But I don't ever really know if we were saying the exact same thing to each other <laughs> uh, because it's so weird. Um, but, the, Mark, why, why don't you walk us through what, what we're about to do? Okay, well, I guess I'll walk through my version of it, and then we'll see where we sync up. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I so one thing that's really interesting to me about the Kid Icarus franchise, and you talked about it a little bit at the beginning there, Patrick, is, um, you know, normal with a lot of Nintendo franchises, like I feel like Zelda is an amazing example of this. You have the first two games, and then it gets kind of like a glow up for Super Nintendo, and then from there, the sky is the limits. Um, Metroid is another example mm-hmm. of this where like, okay, you have first two Metroid games, uh, one on NES, one on the sequels on Game Boy, and then there's Super Metroid where the, the series kind of like really uh, coalesces and it beca- you know, it's almost like the perfect version of itself, although not quite because uh, Zero Mission would come later, but, uh, but we didn't get that with Kid Icarus, right? Like it's it feels like it's right. so close. When I think to um yeah, well I think this is a trajectory you even almost see in Mario too, right? That like Super Mario Brothers one, Super Mario Brothers three, those are like the two foundational ones, and then um uh Super Mario World kind of gives gives that glow up, and then the sky's the limit from there. Yeah, and Kid Icarus feels like it's so close to being able to do so that, close. but it never gets. The super Kid Icarus like glow up, which is interesting. Uh, there was a super Kid Icarus at one point in time in development. I don't really know anything about it other than it was like mentioned in, in Nintendo Power, um, which makes sense. It makes sense that they would take a stab at it, but it's interesting that it never came to be. And so it kind of left us with the question of, okay, well, let's say in an alternate reality, Nintendo did follow that trajectory and we got a Kid Icarus on super nintendo we got a nintendo 64 entry a gamecube entry a wii entry like what would those games look like because you have the beginning and then you have kind of the end or an unend point with uprising and so now like how did you get there yeah and so like there's an element of like filling in the evolutionary chain here um but also uh, it's something that uh kind of arose for me was sort of just identifying what qualities Super Nintendo games have Nintendo 64 games uh, and trying to uh, like reverse engineer than what this specific franchise would have looked like. You know, it goes beyond like this one's in 3D, this one's 16 bit, like all, all of that stuff that's like table stakes. Um, but what Nintendo was actually like into, what they were trying to do, where they were experimenting, where they were, uh, you know, keep playing it safe. Um, so that's th- those are the things that I had in the front of my mind was trying to distill what happened to the major franchises on each of these platforms. 
and then translating that to Kid Icarus. Yeah, totally. And for some uh, platforms, it's easier than others. You know, this was an exercise that in the beginning I found it challenging, but once I found my way in, like the ideas were easy to come by. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited to compare notes and kind of see where we netted out on this kind of stuff. Um, Okay, so uh, I I think we should probably go uh, in timeline order, right? Uh, And and address our, our Super Kid Icarus games first. Cool. Sounds good. Do you want to go ahead? Uh, sure. I'll go first. Um, so uh, just like uh, Mark was saying, I think what's it, like crucial to the Super Nintendo entry in a game is that it does not reinvent the wheel. It mostly polishes everything and presents it in, in uh, as many like fun and uh, like solid ways as, as, as possible. Um, so Super Kid Icarus for me is not going to be like a radical reinvention. Uh, like, you know, th- things aren't really changing so much as they are just um, maturing. However, uh, I am also going to take a page from the book of A Link to the Past and set this story in the past. Mm. So this is a a prequel game for, and I'm just calling it Super Kid Icarus. I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't come up with a, a, a any anything more clever than that. Um, but so it takes place in uh, Pitt's early days. Uh, but it's also in Lady Palutena and Medusa's early days when they're still friends, uh, back when they're like working together. And uh, Medusa has not yet been turned into a monster by Palutena. Just a little reminder um, from the instruction manual of the original Kid Icarus, Medusa is a monster because Lady Palutena turned her into a monster. Um, okay, so the, the, the format of the game is that uh, there are um, four... Uh, four temples, four areas uh, that all have like a, a, a level that like leads up to it um, in much the same way that the uh, either uh, vertical or horizontal scrolling sections uh, led to a, a temple in the uh, original. Um, but they represent the four cardinal directions, north, south, west. Um, and uh, Palutena is in charge of two of them and Medusa is in charge of two of them. They all get overrun by monsters and you can uh, uh, figure out which order you want to approach uh, those those temples, you know, in in whatever way you want. Um, and uh, the lead up to each of the temples is a normal like sort of side scrolling level um, that you like combat your way through. Um, but depending on which cardinal direction the temple represents, uh, the level before it scrolls in that direction. So the north one scrolls up, the south one scrolls oh, cool. down, the west one scrolls left, the east one scrolls uh, to the right. Um, and when you reach the end of like the level before the temple, you immediately get scored on how you did, and you have the option to go back and try it again. Um, so like it'll show you, you know, and and this I'm I'm sort of taking uh, from like Donkey Kong Country and Yoshi's Island, like the immediate feedback of like here's how complete a job you did, um, and uh, then you use that you use you know the the hearts that you earn in each of those levels to buy the things you need to buy in in the dungeons to progress. And for this, uh, I'm kind of adding a little bit of uh, Super Metroid in here, where uh, there are not only weapons for you to buy, but also like items that help you uh, like traverse around in the other um, the, the the other temples. Uh, and then uh, where I go back to stealing from Link to the Past again, um, after you do those four dungeons in you know there are two of them that are uh, Medusa mode and two of them that are Palutena mode. Um, then uh, Medusa and Pelotena get their powers ripped away, and you have the power to go between light and dark, Medusa and Pelotena. Cool. 
Um, and so you have to retraverse those, uh, those four um, levels, uh, which end in different temples. Um, but you uh, can switch between like light and dark versions of each of those temples as you go through them. Um, and uh, for, for those like revisits of each of those levels with the new temples at the end, um, you have to fight monstrous versions of the bosses that you faced before. Um, and, uh, because this is like a, a monstrous chaos force, I'm saying, I'm thinking it'd, it'd be like the God chaos, you know, um, that, uh, then at the end of the game, you imprison and ends up being the magic that Palutena will end up using to turn, uh, Medusa into a monster in the original game. I love that. I think, uh, it's such a, because one of the things when I was thinking about Super Nintendo games um you know like super metroid was really on my mind and the other one that i think you know has that sort of like um like you were saying it doesn't reinvent the will it just kind of like polishes it is a link to the past and so i think that's such like a cool combination of the two and it really expands what kid icarus can be without radically like changing the format of it so i think that's really neat um, I had also written out a, a, a confusing economy, and I don't know why. I just, like, I got it in my head that, like, each area would have its own currency and, you know, like, its own color of hearts that you would spend there. Um, and then, like, you could bank them, but it would be, like, there'd be a conversion rate. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, got, I got way into the weeds. Um, but mostly because, like, I got excited about the idea of the game being just very clear with you about, like, what you need to accomplish in order to get the next thing. You know, something that I feel like is lacking so much in the first two Kid Icarus games. Um, just like the game really holding your hand and being like, okay, is this, you earned, you know, 400 hearts uh, through here. That's going to be enough to, so you can buy this, this, and this in the temple, but not for this. Do you want to take another crack at it? Um, mm -hmm. I feel like would be so helpful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that, that's a really cool way to approach the uh, Super Nintendo game. I kind of took a different tack for it. So um, when I was thinking about like Kid Icarus on the Super Nintendo, I was like, okay, could this support a Metroid or Super Metroid-esque, you know, like uh, expansion of it? And for me, I, I didn't know that it totally could. So the tack I took was more like Kirby Superstar. Um, oh, okay. So you, so you still have the... Uh, uh, main campaign, which is essentially like a Super Nintendo remake of the first game. So with just with like um, better sprites, you got like Mode 7 stuff going on in the background, like all of that. So the presentation is improved, but the gameplay itself is fair, fair, fairly much the same. And that is like the main story element of yeah, it. Yeah. But what you have all around it are a bunch of like mini games that exist with uh in the package but that just kind of like supplement the main game so you have like uh like a a skeet shooting type thing where pit you know is like uh using his bone arrow to shoot at targets um you have an eggplant cooking challenge against uh, an eggplant wizard um you have like a challenge where you are arm wrestling the bosses from the game and of course because it's kirby-esque there's a home run derby uh, because there's no reason they can't play baseball on Angel Land. Uh, that's so good. Uh, and one of the one of the areas of the Super Nintendo library where, and even just like the Nintendo library where I'm not super plugged in. Um, so uh, super, uh, I love that. I, I love that it it being like 
the the Kirby Superstar style game that eight games in one. Yeah, exactly. I'd I'd love to I'd love to figure out a way to do like multiplayer in some of this. Yeah, like I think some of Kid Icarus could be interesting in multiplayer. Um, doing like a, almost like ice climbers, like co-op platforming. Well, and oh man, that's that's so interesting because like there are by the time we get to Uprising, there are these other characters that we get introduced to, right? There's um, is it Pyrus, the 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 sun god that like um is flying around in one of the missions? There's um, the the dude with the sword that you end up controlling for a little bit, Magnus. Yeah, Magnus. Um, and then there's also like Dark Pit. Like the, these are characters that we could be seeding in this, um, as other playable characters, uh, in for your uh Kirby style game. Yeah, I mean, very true. I I think that's a great segue for me into the Nintendo sixty four. So interesting. If you, very interesting. If I can go ahead. Yes. Um, to me, Kid Icarus sixty four follows a very like Donkey Kong Country trajectory where. Kid Icarus 64 becomes a collectathon platformer in the style of like what we think of like Banjo Kazooie or Donkey Kong 64. And like you were saying, Patrick, this entry includes new playable Kid Icarus characters that may Very or cool. may not ever be seen again. So, uh, you know, in Donkey Kong 64, the different Kongs are collecting different colors of bananas. And I thought in this game, the characters could collect like they had different collectibles. And so here's my pitch for some of them. Yeah. Um, Pit, I think his collectible would be hearts. Uh, I think you have uh, Pit Tunia, who is female Pit. And, uh, you know, I'm imagining like imagining Pit kind of like uh, Candy Kong, but just like, you know, like a shocking blonde wig (laughs) on Pit. And that is essentially um, Pitunia. And so her uh her collectible are kisses. Um next you have Stinky Icarus, yeah, who's good. like uh, a stinky pit. Um his collectible are onions. You have Dump Truck Icarus, who's been doing a lot of squats. Dumbbells right. are his um collectible. And then you have Courtney the Koala. And this is a random koala, like there are random characters in Diddy Kong Racing where you're like, uh, we just have animals now. Um, and so Courtney, the koala, uh, would have a collectible of eucalyptus leaves and all of these would exist, you know, like same sort of thing where it's in angel land. Um, you're trying to defeat Medusa, but you have to collect a certain amount of each collectible in order to open doors in order to get to the bosses. And that eventually, you know, this is all taking, yeah, all taking place in angel land still. Um, and still with like Medusa as your uh, main antagonist. I think so. I think I think so. Yeah, that that makes sense. I love uh, introducing more uh, characters to the canon like this, and I assume that the, it, it's like a a three D action platformer, basically. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like I was definitely thinking Donkey Kong sixty four, totally. um, Banjo Kazooie, like that sort of thing. And you know, and like Donkey Kong sixty four, sure, like maybe Stinky Icarus isn't necessarily heard from again, but is still a proud member of the canon. Um, that's great. I, I, I love that. Uh, I, I went, uh, mine is much more, uh, my take on it is, is much more like Mario 64 based, um, where instead of there being, uh, you know, a, a castle acting like Peach's castle acting as a hub world, um, uh, a mysterious stranger comes to town, comes to, comes to Angel Land and he arrives 
uh, via train. Uh, and everyone's like, did we have train tracks? Like, no, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, they can, they can even acknowledge the weirdness. Uh, and the train car opens up and it's a traveling museum. And so Pitt, Pitt visits, uh, this, this museum and it's curated by like a absolute weirdo, right? Brand new character, someone who is very like fawful-y or, you know, just someone, someone weird, right? Um, and in the museum are all of these, uh, pieces of art and sculpture, uh, that represent different, uh, like battles and like points of interest uh, all across various mythologies. Um, and this is when the weirdo who runs the museum is like, Pitt, you're trapped in here now. Uh, and uh, the only way for Pitt to get out is to challenge his champions or whatever. Uh, and so Pitt can use all of these works of art to travel to the various battles. Ah. So th- there's also like a, a, it's it's like Mario 64, but there's also like a time travel component in that uh, he's actually traveling to these places. Um, and what he's doing as he like tries to clear these areas is he is earning sand. He's earning magical time sand that he brings back to the, the museum. And the sand represents like a literal amount of time that you get to fight each of the champions. Um, so you're like collect the main collectible is uh, really just giving you a longer opportunity to fight the champions and 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 get escape escape from the museum. That's very cool. That sounds really cool. Um, I know it sounds super fun. And I'm mad. I'm never gonna get to play it. <laughs> um, especially just the the idea of um, uh, like buying yourself um ec- extra time to yeah, to that stuff. is a really neat mechanic um okay is is there anything that we is are there any like nintendo 64 isms that either of us because we both sort of went right for the like 3d uh like mascot platformer like action platformer sort of idea um are, are there other like nintendo 64 things that we missed out on there I, th- I mean i feel like that's that's it that's the nugget of it right yeah i mean i feel like it's going beyond um it's like platformer or it's base game I feel like the Nintendo 64 was really when, you know, we might have gotten a Kid Icarus cart or like, totally. uh, you know, like a Kirby Air Riders-esque spinoff for Kid Icarus. Yeah, that's true. That is when we could have gotten something weird um, or even, well, I don't know. I'll, 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 save, I'll save what I was about to say um, for later. Mark, that leads us to GameCube. Um, and I guess I, I, I will go first here. Um, but first, just a couple of things I wanted to say about GameCube games in general. I feel like this is where Nintendo started to get like loosey goosey or just like, I don't know if people were getting bored or what, but it's, it's where they were like, you know how our games are moving along this like very clear trajectory. Let's do something else. Let's be weirder. Let's put characters in places they aren't normally. Let's launch the thing with a Luigi game, right? Like who knows what's going on inside Nintendo during the GameCube era. It's crazy. Yeah. You know what I thought about is like okay i feel like the gamecube um and you know you had the uh the game boy advance happening at the same time Mm -hmm. and i think nintendo was very deliberate and i think the games uh industry and like the culture at the time were really deliberate about this too where like i don't know the 2d games yeah really would have done very well on gamecube and nintendo very clearly seemed to be like okay those sorts of games exist on the game boy advance they exist on the handheld uh and 3d games is like those exist on the gamecube totally and so like franchises that i think um you know 
just like Donkey Kong Country Returns on the Wii, there's no reason really that you couldn't have had a you could not have had a Donkey Kong Country Returns on GameCube, except that um that felt like uh not something that Nintendo was going to do. And so I really struggled with uh Kid Icarus here. And so I'm I'm really interested to hear what you ended up doing. Okay, so uh, and then a- another thing just to uh, about Nintendo franchises uh, specifically on the GameCube, water, water's everywhere. W- Wind Waker, sunshine, <laughs> stuff's wet. Like it's, that's just all there is to it. They can do it so well. The GameCube was so good at uh, uh, making water look nice. They uh, they 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 really really it it did it looked nice. The the uh, and also like. The ghosts in Luigi's Mansion, like wherever there were, um, like semi-translucent textures, like the GameCube just looked great. Um, so my Kid Icarus uh, game is Kid Icarus Storms of Olympus, um, which finds Pit, uh, uh, working for both Zeus and Poseidon together. We don't know why. We don't know what happened to uh, Palutena and Medusa. We can't even really uh pinpoint where this would be in Pit's timeline. Right? We're just like, okay. He's working for for these two guys now, um, and you know both Zeus and uh, Poseidon have. Sorry for the, like the the story set up here, but it's it's important. Uh, they both have like sort of separate things that they want to accomplish on Earth, but you know they're they're for all of the things that they're doing together, they've employed Pit to to do that. Um, and so your missions, uh, your the and they send you on missions that are uh, like you know selected from like a map or like a a menu, right? It's it's a, a, a very much in the same way as Kid Icarus Uprising, where like there's no like connective tissue between the missions. It's just like here's the next one, here's the next one, here's the next one. Um, mm-hmm. And also like Uprising, these are sort of like uh, broken up into like two different um, like phases. Uh, and not every not every mission will be all one, uh, or not all, all missions will have both. Uh, and some some will go back and forth. Um, but the the two main modes are um, Pit on foot. Uh, running as fast as he can across the water because that's all his wings can do is like keep him above water as he's running and those are like on rails um you know, you know sort of almost like uh sonic adventure sort of like sections where you're just like going as fast as you can um and so you have to like jump and like slash at uh, sea monsters and stuff like that uh, until you either get onto like an island or a boat where you just got to beat people up and it becomes like a brawler uh, in those portions so you know sometimes you'll be uh, run into an island beat everyone up run to another island beat everyone up and then get like beamed away sometimes it'll just be running sometimes it'll be just you're plopped into a battle arena um and all this time uh you know again like you don't really know uh why you're in the servitude of 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 these um uh, of these two gods and then at one point they're like okay uh we want to assign you more uh more missions uh, but we we can't see all of the 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 sea below us. We need more um lenses from uh the 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 temple of hold on wait I wrote it down <laughs> uh the temple of of Argus uh which is a temple that you have to explore um on on uh, Mount Olympus and this is a very this is a dungeon that you'll be revisiting over and over again to find lenses um. And uh, uh, when you collect enough lenses, that allows them to see more areas and assign you more missions. Uh, and every time you go down there, you're using the abilities that they uh, give you in the missions to get deeper and deeper into the temple. Um, but this is when you discover that they are keeping the giant Argus uh, like down in the very bowels of the temple. And you start to like 
wait a minute, I'm working for like some messed up dudes who are taking advantage of, and Argus, you know, just uh, for the uh, mythology is a, a giant who is covered in eyes. Um, so that's why he would like have these lenses, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and uh, so you, you, uh, you get to know this, um, this giant who is like down there and you're like, it, it's okay. I'm going to get all these powers so I can be powerful enough to like come down and rescue you. And he's like, great. And then you get down, uh, like eventually at the end of the game, you're exploring this dungeon for like the you know 10th time or whatever. And you get all the way down to him. Uh, and, uh, then you realize that he is, he is a giant, right? Like it's one of those things where you walk into the room and you think he's a couple feet away, but no, he's like all the way on the other side of this giant cell and is this terrifying giant creature. Uh, and then you like, ha- you had to fight him, uh, and then you escape from the dungeon and he breaks out. Uh, and then Poseidon and Zeus are like mad at you, uh, and they strip you of your powers uh, and uh, cast you away from uh, Mount Olympus forever. The end. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, that definitely sets it up for the sequel, but that sounds epic. Like, I, I, I don't really have anything to add. That sounds awesome. I also love that this, um, uh, like getting the different lenses from the same temple mechanic, because to me, it's very reminiscent of the Temple of the Ocean yes. King from Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass, which I know that that is a controversial mechanic, but I actually think it's kind of fun. Yeah, me too. Um, and so I'm, I'm super into it. That, uh, yeah, that just sounds epic. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we don't need to belabor it because I just talked about it for like five straight minutes. Um, but yeah, I, it's, I mean, for, for me, just, uh, taking pit like fully out of uh situations that seemed like normal uh to him and like putting him in a uh, a place that's not quite what he thinks it is um feels very on brand with like luigi's mansion mario sunshine um and even even wind waker like i i think that's a for me at any rate a fundamental part of what makes a gamecube nintendo game a gamecube game yeah yeah that's really interesting um for me for my entry i really focused on the, kind of the gamecube controller Ooh. um taking inspiration from uh metroid prime how that you know like uh kind of reinvented metroid um but it's designed in such a way that like it plays very specific to the gamecube controller and so uh you know i i don't think that kid Icarus is a like um needs kind of like a metroid prime-esque reinvention but it was that idea of like okay focusing on the controller and what kind of it was actually another metroid game uh samus returns for the 3ds that i was like i i feel like that on the gamecube would make a good kid icarus game because um the, the part that i'm thinking is like using uh if this kid icarus would be like well served by like a combat heavy slower paced 2d exploration platformer where you're really focusing on like the fortress part of it uh and so like it is one big fortress with different areas that you are like exploring so much more of like a metroidvania fortress really leaning (laughs) yeah yeah really leaning into that um and thinking about like the controller I I thought about Samus Returns and how that game is really like there's a lot of like stop use uh the circle pad to like aim Samus's weapon and you you have like 360 yeah. degrees control and on the GameCube controller you could really use the C stick 
to um, aim Pitt's bow in a very similar way as like, so you would still have full freedom of movement using the regular analog stick, and then you could independently control his bow using the C stick. And, uh, and yeah, in doing that, you're like exploring a series of interconnected fortresses. Um, and so that, that's what I would do for the GameCube entry. That's really cool. So it, it is a side-scroller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um and so in that way, it's like I d- don't think that Nintendo would have actually pursued mm-hmm. something like this, but I think it would have been a really good fit for totally. the GameCube. I mean, and and also like uh maybe a really good fit. Although I guess there is no um uh the 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 controller I- isn't there, but I, I was gonna say a good fit for the um for the DS. Uh, uh not 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 that we're doing DS versions, mm-hmm. but um. Uh, yeah, so scrap that. It doesn't work at all. Um, but yeah, no, but you totally, you totally could because you could use the theoretically, right? You could use like the um D pad for control in the two D environment, and then you could use the touch. I mean, kind of what uh, Kid Icarus Uprising does. You could use the stylus to control uh where Pit right, is and then just make that put put that in a two D environment instead of a three D one. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. cool. That's cool. I like that. I I can get down with that. What um do you have uh like a um uh like a, a specific like setting? I mean, I know like one one big fortress. Um is it uh again like you're in Angel Land and like Medusa's the bad guy or do we start like uh mixing it up here or Yeah, I I didn't really like nail down who the plot sure, sure. or anything <laughs> like that. But I um <laughs> I but I definitely think it would be fun to you know like start dabbling in other stuff and you would want it to be so like diverse in similar to like uh, a good Metroid game where each right. section you go to feels like a completely different yeah, environment. Cool. I mean, maybe that would even be a good time to just uh, like to set the whole game in uh, the underworld and like this is where we start like introducing Hades. Um, as he appears in Uprising, mm-hmm. and like just make him the the antagonist. That'd be cool. Yeah, totally. So that moves us on to Wii, and um, this is another one where you're like, well, what does a Wii game consist yeah. of? Especially because it could be so many different things. But to me, the main focus was motion controls. How do you integrate motion controls into a Kid Icarus game? And so I settled on. Uh, Pitt's pilot training, which uh, Nintendo would develop after the success of Link's crossbow training, which, lest we forget, is the fifth best-selling Zelda game of all time That's in the right. United States. Um, and so Nendo- Nintendo's like, uh, it was so good, we can do it twice, and they're using that formula for Kid Icarus. This is a Kid Icarus game that is in a first-person pers- perspective. Pitt is preparing the armies of Angel Land um, to rally against you know, uh, um, some angry gods. And it, I, the way I'm thinking about it is it's similar to the air segments in Kid Icarus yeah. Uprising. Uh, so very, like, theme park ride, uh, very fast-paced. But then your goal is basically just controlling the cursor while everything else is uh, taken care of for um, you. So do, well, well the, the flight path is taken care of for you. Are you still controlling, like, Pitt's relative position on the screen, like with the nunchuck? No, because because it's in oh, because it's in enough. first person, yeah. like you don't really have to. You're gotcha, really gotcha. just focused on like the reticle. Yeah. Um, smart. Uh, and I I like uh the idea that you would be 
um training the um the armies of of angel land do you have um the uh centurions in there is he training centurions too Ooh, that's fun because we haven't really talked about like what you do with the centurions they're so um, dumb they're so worthless yeah <laughs> but yeah this would be a good place for him. why not um that was actually one of the things i really liked about kid Icarus uprising is there there's a moment where you're on a platform that's being um carried by centurions um and they're just like big dumb idiots and like they're dying as they're carrying this platform <laughs> and it's like I don't know what to tell you. They're crap. I don't, they're, they're bad. They're bad warriors. I don't know what to tell you. Um, okay. So um, my Kid Icarus for the Wii is uh, pretty similar in uh, gameplay to what, to what you were describing. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of it mostly as a Star Fox-like um, game um, mm, where mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the actual path is uh, laid out for you, but you do control the relative position of Pit using the the thumbstick on um on the nunchuck um and then just the pointer controls for um where you're shooting um and you know uh, one the the a button or i guess maybe like the b button the the trigger button would be like his regular attack um and a being like a, a different so it's just you know it, there's a little bit more variety in there um than there was uh in the um flight sections of um uprising uh but so the the other there i this is the the motion controls are obviously like a big part of this um but the other part and i think it's something that we have to wrestle with uh when it comes to the wii is that nintendo franchises uh the like old standby nintendo franchises went through a little bit of like a further identity crisis or like almost a desire to establish themselves as like real or legit or mature among the all, all the various like Wii games, right? Among like Wii Fit and like anything that had um Mii's in it, right? Um so like you look at Twilight Princess and it is a um like mature dark take on uh Link. You look at uh Metroid Prime 3 and Metroid Other M um and there's like a real uh like intentional move to explore like the darkness of these characters or the psychology or like take something real about the characters and try to like present that on the screen is nintendo successful always in in this endeavor no um but i feel like it's it's a part that we can't ignore as like kind of part of its identity so for this for my kid icarus wii game uh we're pitt's growing up he is now a man angel um and uh he is weathered and beaten down from a lifetime of fighting mythological creatures right so this is uh pitt's far-flung future he is now uh in a world that is very much like the uh like marvel universe thor so it's like gods and space at the same time um and he just gets zapped to various corners of the galaxy where he uh fights uh the evil of outer space um while flying around Star Fox style. And, you know, we find some way to address his, like, his PTSD or, you know, whatever uh, other M-style um, themes that the, that the game wants to explore. And are, are there uh, cutscenes uh, with, like, fully voiced cutscenes? You bet there are. Are they good? No way they're not. Can you skip them? No. Yeah, maybe we go, like, full, or, uh, yeah, full other yeah. M almost. and. 
uh, pit, adult pit, not no longer Kid Icarus. The series Icarus. is just called Icarus now. Um, and That's dope. Uh, pit, like, That's so cool. <laughs> you know, Pit is really like, uh, you know, he's mm-hmm. disenchanted. He's seen it all. He's, but then he has to, you know, in uh, the style of old westerns, there's like a baby oh. or a child that he has yes. to protect. Oh my God, he discovers baby Pelutena and has to <laughs> has to shepherd her back to Earth after he's been fighting in space for decades. I love this. <laughs> does, does he have an eye patch? Maybe. Maybe it's too Maybe much. Maybe he has an eye patch. He definitely has a full beard. Full beard. <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. For sure. <laughs> uh and that's uh that's my pitch for um Icarus on the Wii. Um, Mark, we had talked, uh, and I'm I'm sorry to disappoint you. I did not come up with a uh, Kid Icarus game for the Virtual Boy. I couldn't do it. I have a, I have I'd a pitch for lo- you. I have a pitch for you for Kid Icarus on the Virtual Boy. And uh, my pitch is that it's a 2D platformer starring Palutena. It seems, right. and it is in the vein of uh wario land so it's a much more like it it is a platformer but it's a much slower like exploration based uh platformer uh it you know it, it could take place in angel land but it's an angel land unlike anything we have seen previously um palutena is like a treasure hunter she's like an archaeological ar- archaeology mode uh looking <laughs> she's looking for you know the sacred treasures of of Angel Land, but there are more than right. three. And as she, uh, as she, as she finds a treasure, it's added to her inventory and kind of like Mega Man style. She can equip it at any Perfect. time, and each treasure has like a different ability associated with it. So it encourages you to return to old levels with your new abilities, so you can like explore further or go into areas that you couldn't go before. And uh, it's all it's all Palutena focused. Does Kit, does Pit even show up? Uh, probably not. Maybe in a cutscene at the end. Um, I love this. Can Palutena be wearing um, uh, Ellie's costume from um, Jurassic Park? <laughs> yeah, the, the like yeah, short, ab- the short khaki can shorts be and, <laughs> uh-huh. and like a shirt tied up. Yeah, man, I love it. I love this. Uh, if she's like a treasure hunter explorer. Um, that's, that's perfect. I'm sorry I didn't come up with one. Um, but you know, Virtual Boy, Nintendo barely came up with one. So for, uh, for any of their series. Um, all right. Those are our pitches for, uh, Kid Icarus games on multiple platforms. Uh, we didn't do the Wii U, but I feel like that's, that's fair, right? Yeah, speaking of platforms where... Well, I feel like uh, because Kid Icarus Uprising came out on the Nintendo yeah, 3DS right. in that same era, that it's almost like that's taken care of. That's right, that's right, that's right. Um, well, I hope one of these games gets made, or uh, all nine of them. Um, that, w- <laughs> that would be beautiful. I'd love to hear if anyone else uh, has any uh, just sort of uh, daydreams about what various um, missing links in the... Kid Icarus Evolutionary Chain would have been. Uh, if any come to mind, feel free to email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Uh, all right, Mark, let's close this out. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, 
review and follow us on Apple Podcasts. Um, for real, thank you, everyone who is going and uh, reviewing. We appreciate it. Um, if you like the episode, you could also share it on Facebook or Twitter um, or wherever you share stuff. Uh, doesn't really matter. Uh, every every new set of eyes and ears on the show is uh, uh, much appreciated. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apeit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apeitbetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying Icarus also only one wing. So it's like the eye patch and it's a beard and just one wing. Thanks for listening. What an NPE is? Yeah, that's okay. No one does. It's a non-paternal event, and it's what they call it when you do a DNA test and find out that you actually are the milkman's son, or your parents used a sperm donor, or you were adopted and no one ever told you. I'm Eve Sturgis, host of Everything's Relative, where I invite my guests to talk about DNA discoveries and how spitting into a tube has changed their lives for better or worse. Episodes are out every other Friday. Find them on Campfire Media or subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Campfire.